This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. And we're in the second hour here and in the locker room, Wolf Starks and the Ninjas, ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. All right, we have Coach Bradley, do we not? All right, Coach Bradley, you're in the locker room, my friend. Thank you for joining us. Wolf, I know this is a tough day because after yesterday's weigh-in Wednesday from Thanksgiving is always a tough day for you. <laughs> we we actually kind of forgot, quote unquote, it's now mor- forgot it's air now quotes. Morning, air quotes. It's morning Wednesday. We made it morning Wednesday. <laughs> morning Wednesday now. Okay. Yeah, we were morning. Uh-huh. You well, know, he uh, always panicked, Max. He always panicked that day. It was a big day. Panic day. <laughs> taking off shoes, socks, everything. To get weighed in. Exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. Get down to the skivvies. <laughs> yeah. That's that's you really know, a bad knows. visual, man. <laughs> yeah. All right. Coach, we gotta ask you something because we got into a conversation about some of the the uh, worst drills that we've ever done. You know, my high school coach, Harris Winky who played at Syracuse, a Syracuse man. One of the, the punishments that we had was we had to do 100-yard wheelbarrows where you know your buddy held your feet and you would walk on your hands, and that was one of them. Another one was I, when you get in trouble for something, like I don't know, whatever it would be, um, you would have to play quarterback <laughs> in a blitz drill. But the only caveat was there was you couldn't hand the ball off, you couldn't throw it, and the offensive line would turn around and look at you when they snapped the ball. So it was a pig pile. So the question Max proffered was, what's the worst drills you ever did in high school, and what's the worst drills you ever made your guys do? Well, I can tell you this. The worst drill I ever had to do as a player was as a registered freshman. They used to have this drill called Chase Freddy. And it was for the scrambling quarterback, and they'd try to kill you. You know, you scramble around, they'd try to kill you. I'm like, who is Freddie? Who? Oh, he's a guy who used to play for Syracuse, like in the 50s. Like, okay. I'm like, okay, that's a good name for the drill, you know. And how about this one, Max? This was another good one. Well, remember the old machine gun drill? They put the little DB there, and then they'd have, like, the, the four big offensive line guys. You know, you'd have to shed them. Boom. Boom. Wow. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> If yeah. I'm shedding 340 pound dudes at wideout, I think we're in good shape. I didn't have much But, but uh, yeah, there's some drills you do, and afterwards, you know, you can tell the head coach didn't like the drills. So you, you like get in early in the meeting, look at his paper, and see what his notes are. Oh, he didn't like that drill. So you get your excuse ready ahead of time. You know, like oh yeah, oh coach, I hate, I didn't like that drill. That was a bad drill. <laughs> and then, you know, yeah. how about the drills where? where Somebody gets hurt, you're like, oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, <oops. laughs> what did I do? You know, like, oh wow. But it's uh, it's interesting that, that you just you made me think. I have to think some more about this. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, you know, coach, I think that's kind of one of the funny things. I mean, when you look at the pros versus college and high school, right? You have all these punishment runs, and then you get to the pros, you don't really get punishment running like you get your conditioning test and like that's it like there's no punishment they just go straight for the wallet after that do you think they should reinstitute punishment running when you mess up or from or for mental errors <laughs> no i don't but I, i'll never forget the one time i was in high school the coach said he's getting everybody fired i'd cut off my right arm to play in this game i'm going 
that's stupid. I wouldn't do that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, oh, holy goodness. No, I, I, I don't. You know, I think it's it's interesting because a lot of it I believe, and you guys have both played at the highest level, and you know, to me, it's a lot of just self pride. Uh, yeah. Really. You know, yeah. you know when you're not playing well, you know it. You know, and if you're a competitor and, and you're a champion, you're going to do something about it on your own. You're going to spend the extra time, whether it be not just physical time, but also mental time. As you know, that's much. That's a big part of the game as you get older. You know, one of the things I wanted to ask you about was, you know, when you bring a guy in like Montrevious Adams, okay, he comes in, spent four years with the Packers, was off the uh, New Orleans Saints um, practice squad. Um, what, what, who, who does it fall upon to kind of get him up to speed really quick? I mean, think about it. He's not even being brought onto the practice squad. They signed him directly to the 53-man roster. And is that a product of maybe, all right, you're going to play nose tackle, and it's like headbutt, two-gap, what else you got? You know, or or is it, you know, they think that this guy can get up to speed fast enough to be able to contribute? Well, they're going to have, you know, I think the coach that has that position is going to make sure, you know, spend that extra time to get that done. It's going to be a word association game, as you guys know. You know, he's going to know that a lot of the same techniques, but what do, what do the Steelers call it? So right. what is the defense, what do they call it? He's got to get a word association, you know, pretty quickly. And, um, you know, and that's a lot of time there for him is going to be, you know, he's going to take that playbook and try to get as much as he can and learn it as fast as he can. And that's what I'm saying about the mental part. You know, a lot of times it's more, more important than the physical when you get to that level. Yeah. No, I, I think that that is one of the interesting things. I mean, when you look at it, obviously, given the situation of the last couple of weeks with the run game and kind of that nose position, were you surprised about the, the Adam signing uh, or them looking at different options, bringing somebody from the outside to come in and hope, hopefully stem or add bodies uh, to that defensive line? Well, I think it's, it's going to be, you know, it's just to add some bodies. Or I think they need some some depth there with the people that they've lost. You know, I know it's next man up and all before they lost some really good players up front. And it, you know, the, it's not like the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think they're rushing yard with a 28th in the league now. You know, yeah. which that's not that's not ever been Steeler defense for a long time. And and the two things that stick out to me defensively are the rush yards, as you guys mentioned, and the takeaways. You know, ranked 28th in the league. You know. For years and years and years, the Steelers have been a tremendous takeaway team. You know, I bet if you went over the last 10, they're probably number one in the league, you know. Um, and that and, and, and the points they've given up. And it's not going to get any easier this week because the one thing that Baltimore does, and you guys know this, they run the football. I think they're second in the league in rushing, aren't they? So, you know, you're going to have yeah. to shore up that run defense as fast as you can. Speaking of that run defense, now when you face somebody like a Lamar Jackson, you've got plenty of experience with the option, the RPOs, that sort of thing. What is critical about when you face that option? You know, when you got Lamar either putting it in the belly of the beast and pulling it back out, you know, if he doesn't give it off to Devontae Freed. I mean, you, you've got to have somebody, what, hit the mesh point, right? I mean, you've got to have somebody attacking well, that. You know, there's a lot of different defenses, Wolf, so whatever you're playing, you're going to know who has who. You know, who's got who, who's got the, the cue, who's got the pitch, who's got all the different things. It's assignment football, and everybody's going to be on top of their game when you do that. He creates a lot of problems. I mean, and it's, 
you know, it's fine when you get into the assignment, but you also got to be ready to tackle them too. And the hardest thing I believe in the NFL is getting somebody to duplicate that guy. It's easier in college because, as you guys know, you have so many more bodies. And you have that guy that's a redshirt guy, right, that's a playing wide receiver who's a phenomenal athlete. And they're just, you know, the redshirt. And he comes over and plays quarterback and can do all those things. And you're allowed to hit him, you know what I mean? Right. So, um, yeah. and, and that's part of the thing. And then a lot of times, you know, it's, it's – it's not. It's easy to duplicate in college too, because you know you can go out there without a ball a lot of times and just go through a sign of football because you have more people. You know you can get two groups coming at you and you can do those things. But uh, you know a lot of this with the with you know with these type of quarterbacks in this league, you know you don't have the bodies to duplicate it and to replicate it. And you just have to do the best you can. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, you know, you you've seen Tom in the past hey. institute different different guys go into it. What were you about to say, Coach? Well, I was going to say Wolf always thinks he was going to be that guy to be the quarterback. (laughs) (laughs) He's Uh, over there, yeah. They they never used me at Syracuse to be the guy to demonstrate. (laughs) Let him have his dreams, Mac. He's thinking about it, though. Yeah. I had my experience of playing quarterback one time because I got in trouble late for something or other, and then I got pounded to the ground in a pig pile, okay? That was it. That's all I needed. I didn't want any more. Well, you were also – you weren't allowed to hand the ball off and you weren't allowed right. to pass the ball. So, I mean, essentially, you were just a, a stand you, – you, you were that robotic dummy that they bring out to practice with. Exactly. That's exactly. Pretty much it. That's pretty much what you were, except for you didn't move as fast as that RC car. That <laughs> Wait. Max, he was the guy, you know, they have the dummy standing with the ball in the hand, and you go to the ball. They just had Wolf standing with the ball in his hand. That's punishing, man. That's just punishing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Oh, goodness. You know, Just Tom. Sit there and hold it. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, when when you when you have a division of labor going on, such as as the Steelers are are, are having, you know, situations where they got to run new guys in here. How is it when you have a, a, an overwhelming force like the Ravens? I mean, let's face it. Not everybody understands, you know, the intricacies of playing the option uh, of the RPOs. How do you decide who got, you know, the pitch, who got the mesh point, who's on each and every defense? Well, it's just the way it's going to be designed. I mean, that's a, that, that could take a whole day to get that going here, Wolf, on this show. I mean, there's a lot of different things that right. playing that option. As you know, it's not it's not simple. It's assignment football. Come on, but it's defense. How, come on, the real thinkers are on offense, come Tom. On, you know that. Come, come on. on. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, the best way to stop that that uh, that offense is to keep your offense on the field. <laughs> right. Okay, hold that yeah, ball. Yeah. Way to go. Eight, your, hey, eight-minute drive. Nice job, guys. <laughs> yeah, right. The defense is still when the defense is standing on the sideline watching. Uh, <laughs> you know, run that ball and, uh, and take some of that clock. But uh, And it's also, you know, we, we say that there is a big assignment football versus these type of offenses. But also, you know, there's chances for turnovers, too. You know, they, they've got some indecision, too, depending on how you attack it uh you know do you slow play it do you hit the mesh point do you do there's a lot of different philosophies on how to do it mm. um 
and especially on different defense, you know how do you attack it? Uh, just go get it. And some people like to do that. Some people like to, you know, feather it. There's a whole bunch of different ways to do it. Got it. Is there a right way? Not sure. It's just in the philosophy of your defense. And, uh, and I, you know, knowing, you know, coach Butler and coach Tom, they're going to go get it. They're going to make it, they're going to force it and make it happen fast. And, and, and that's what I like to do too. I like to get it out there and let's go, you know, let's hit it and everybody know where you got to be. That's what it looked like. I watching. I was watching the Cleveland game last night, and it, they were really forcing the pitch fast. They were coming after the mesh point. Yeah, I, I think that's the best way to do it because now it's declared, and everybody can you know get in their proper angles and proper pursuit. Uh, I think one of the things that's really befuddling the Pittsburgh Steelers right now, which is very uncharacteristic, is the amount of plays runs over twenty yards. You know what I mean? I think they're leading the league in that category. And that you'd have to go back a long way. You know, for that, you know, for them on defense to be, you know, given big, big running plays, you know, that's just not the defense. And and when that happens, you know, that's usually, you know, obviously there's there's something happening at all levels. You know, guys, you know, not getting off blocks, you know, bad angles, bad tackling. That's a whole bunch of things. So, that's the one thing I'm sure they're going to try to get short up real quick. The Ravens will give you a lot of problems if you give them long runs. Absolutely, and, and, and you know what is what is the mindset going in from a DB, you know, from the D, defensive backs coach perspective when you're telling them, "Hey guys, listen, when he press the edges or he's pressing the line of scrimmage, and you have coverage responsibilities, you're backing up." I mean, are you telling them, "Hey, just stay with it and then break once he breaks the line of scrimmage," or how how are how are you talking to them about because that's what they're going to do? They want to press that line of scrimmage and force you to play up. So he could dump it over the top. Um, you know how how are you talking to them about the technique going into playing a quarterback like Lamar Jackson or a running dual threat type of quarterback? Well, you know it's going to be you're going to talk to them about being how disciplined you have to be. First of all, okay, mm. you've got to be very disciplined against this guy and make sure that before you start to make your move, he's past that line of scrimmage because he's also an excellent excellent thrower too. It, it causes some problems, and once again, you got to be very disciplined in your assignments know what you're doing, and, and I think it, it creates, as I said, you know, like I said, they're not second in the league running the ball. For, that's the reason why it's, it's difficult to defend. So, um, you know, I think it's going to come down to be a lot of a dis discipline, know your assignment, what you have, what everybody has. Uh, I, I think a good defensive football team, good players, you know, the great ones know, and you guys know this. The guy on defense knows what the guy next to him doing, the guy behind him doing. You know, you know what everybody's doing, and, and that kind of helps you when you have to do your your job. You know, Tom, you look at it, and uh, uh, Jackson threw four interceptions last week against Cleveland. He's thrown seven over the last three games. His quarterback rating from 2019, which was it was like 113, it's down now in like 87. He seems to be struggling a little bit, though. You know, they still won, and you have to – wow, that's pretty impressive when you can be intercepted four times and the guy is still able to produce a win. But there's something going on with him that, uh, you know, he's been sacked 30 times. I mean, so well, there, there are some problems. Yeah, you know, let's keep it. Let's keep struggling for one more week, and then they can figure it out. Okay? <laughs> Isn't you that know? the truth? But I mean, <laughs> you know, you look at him though, and he's not as accurate as he once was. You know, or no, he's not as accurate. Right, he's not throwing the ball well uh, at all. Uh, the production's gone down. I, I think they're still like uh, fourth in the league though in total yards. You know, it's a yeah. It's an offensive juggernaut they got going there, but if he's not playing well and he's the key to it all, 
But I hope, he, no, no offense, he can struggle this week and then at the last game of the year struggle again. That's okay. It's all right. All right. Well, Coach, I want to thank you for coming in the locker room. Glad that uh, you treated your guys as bad as that you were treated when you were in high school. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was funny. You made me think of some drills. Uh, next show, I'll come up. I'll have to call some of my guys. I'm sure they'll have some. They'll tell me all. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Bring out in their minds. <laughs> yes. Yes. Absolutely. All right, Coach. Thanks so much hey, for joining us. All right, brother, that's Coach Tom Bradley. We appreciate him coming to the locker room, and we'll be back with more after this. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome back, everybody. They got Wolf, Starks, and the Ninjas in the locker room, ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. And, uh, well, Max, you know, I'm looking forward to going down to practice today because, uh, you know, just the opportunity to see just, you know, what everybody's doing. You know, you got to yeah. – uh, I, I, I doubt they'll be in pads. They were in pads yesterday, which is uh, – yeah. yeah, you can only do it once a week. Is that is that all you can do? Okay. Yeah. All right. See, to me, it seems like it seems like you know you, you should be able to do what you want to do as a coach. You know, I mean, it's it's the way it is. Uh, but anyhow, we got to move on because we got Jerry Dulac, and uh, <laughs> we and uh, Jerry's brought to you by Chupka's Cafe, two on the south side. Check out all the NFL action on one of their twenty TVs, indoor, outdoor patio patio available for parties. Grab a nice cold bucket. Of course, light. And I, Jerry, I, I, I wish you could see what was going on. All of a sudden, Max is up and gone, and I'm looking. At you. you can't get distracted here. I mean, you, you got When you're zooming, <laughs> you got to pay attention. I know. Wait, listen, what the heck well, listen, are you doing? Well, listen, the dog. Pay, pay attention, son. <laughs> L- listen, the dog. The dog because there's there's a pest people spraying outside, so there's a window he can see and he's barking. So I was trying to. <laughs> eliminate the barking <laughs> and his view angle because if not you know it'll be in the middle of your response you'll just hear him incessantly barking and he right now he's scooting trying to get closer to look out the window again so i'm trying to prevent I that know, so i know that i know the feeling when i'm doing something from home when this dog spies somebody outside and he starts barking i got you hey jerry oh, yeah. you should seen the one time when he had a he had a, a rattler out on his front lawn or driveway or uh, something like that I'm like, yeah, try, he's all of a sudden he's disappearing. I'm like, where's he going? And he, then he explains, you know, you got a rattler on your drive. We don't have to worry about rattlers, do we, Jerry? Nah, that's a problem you have when you live in the desert. You get all kinds of snakes and reptiles and, uh, you know, but that might be a trade-off come January and February when it's like 10 degrees. <laughs> ah, I'll, I'll take, now I'll you take know the my rattlers. secret. Yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll, I'll take the reptiles next. <laughs> and, and, and here's the thing: they are they're, they're hibernating that time of year because they don't come out uh, under under 90 degree weather. Really, I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, oh, they, I didn't know that either. No yeah, kidding. they're cold yeah. blood. They, they don't they don't like to go and move around. Like you might catch one randomly if you get near it walking out in the wilderness, but they're not coming across the street or driveways and stuff like that when it gets cooler out. They don't like that. Oh, okay. Important safety tip. 
Yes, That's yes, what I yes. Today. See you For later. your Arizona explorations, guys, I'm, I'm here as your wilderness guy. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry, did you get a chance to listen to any of the coordinators today? Well, Wolf, you know how that goes on Thursday. Right. Sometimes. Uh, the, the, uh, the entertainer, uh, Keith Butler, uh, was uh, postponed till after practice. <laughs> so, uh, ah. you know, we didn't, we didn't have any dad gums or, uh, you know, some uh, insight from uh, the defensive coordinator. But, uh, yeah, Matt Canada uh, spoke as, as he does on Thursday. I don't know if Butts got tied up in a meeting or what. But um, so, uh, yeah, I was over there and listened to Matt. What did Matt uh, have anything in specific that he he talked about how he was planning on attacking the Ravens to a deal or anything like that? No, not you know it's funny that question didn't come till later. Um, you know what, what do you you know what do you see from the Ravens? What are you expecting? How are you going to attack them? Right. I think a lot of it just to focus more on you know what uh, you know what the offense can do. Uh, let's face it, uh, they've been struggling. They've scored only two touchdowns and. 10 of the last 11 quarters, you know, the, the fourth quarter in, in LA is, is the aside to all that. Um, you know, they're, they've, they've scored uh, 17 or fewer points only. Uh, I mean, six times already, you mm-hmm. know, with six games to go, uh, that's approaching a, a, a Tomlin high and, you know, only two other teams have scored a few 17 or fewer points more times than the Steelers. You know, what's surprising is one of them is, is the Browns. So, I mean, while the defense has struggled mightily, uh, let's face it, so is the offense. And um, the other thing, too, fellas, and, 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 and Matt Canada touched on this when you think about it. You know, they put together some impressive drives. Um, I think it was in the Chargers game. They started off with a 13-play drive and 12-play drive, but they ended up with only three points. But he was saying how he would like to see more chunk plays and more quick strike drives, which, you know, obviously would be true mm-hmm. because, you know, those quick strikes, you know, change the momentum fairly quickly. Sure. When you, when you put together a 13 play drive and don't come away with any points and you put together a 12 play drive back to back and come away with only 13 points, um, you know, it's, it's almost deflating and, you know, to the offense and <clears throat> somewhat gives momentum to, to the defense. Now, I know there's, there's two theories there. Those long drives, you know, it's, you're just kind of methodically moving down the field. It keeps the defense off the field. You know, you're converting third downs, obviously. Um, and, and so there's something to be said for that. But those quick strikes, you know, taking a turnover and, and you, know, uh, you know, when they get turnovers and, and, and getting the quick touchdown, those are big momentum changes, big momentum boosts. And then when you think about it, there haven't been too many of those this year. No, there absolutely has been. And I think, you know, you you know how offense plays off of defense and defense plays off of the offense. Right, right. They kind of go hand in hand, right? You want those big play turnovers um, to get your team kind of a spark. But at the same time, you know, you also want to take full advantage of them. But they just haven't come, right? We've been so close on a lot of them and haven't quite gotten to them. You know, you look at – you know, what was done the last couple of games to actually get a turnover. You know, with Cam Sutton, the tip pass, Minka finally getting his first turnover of the year. And then, of course, Killebrew having his second punt right. block, which, right. is, which, is, which is always awesome to see. Um, but, yeah, it, 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 you want that short field because when you have to march the long field or you're taking it from kickoff, you know, it, be, it becomes that back and forth and you want to get <clears throat> that sudden change. Um you know, when you look at – did Matt Canada mention anything about shuffling offensive line 
or anything anybody new entering the lineup did he make any references to any of that well he did uh, because he was asked what can you do um and you know his his answer was well we'll see you know it's a question of <laughs> you know right. do you change do you change what you do or do you change who you do it with um and and uh, you know they're also dealing with uh you know some some issues you know Joe Hegg uh on on the covid list you know Kevin Dotson is out of course um so you know they're you know you look in practice they're trying different bodies in there and so um they have to do obviously they have to do something uh to just try and change things up a little nothing drastic i do think you'll see a little bit more of that on defense and it's probably more necessary uh, on defense to change things up. The only problem, fellas, as you well know, is who are you going to do it with? You know, there's not like some guys waiting in the wings that, that need to get in the lineup and put them in and let them play. Um, they just don't have a whole lot of that. But uh, two things. One, think back to the Buffalo game and all the different combinations they used and all the different looks they gave Josh Allen, which they felt confused Josh Allen. I think you're going to see a little bit more of that. I think you'll see Miles Killebrew in some of those uh, situational um, plays come in, where you know they take out the uh, they take out the corner and and um, and have him play, you know, in short yardage. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you'll see a Keller Weatherspoon a little bit more. I think you'll see more different looks from the defense, um, uh, like they did in Buffalo. And, and hope to get away with that. You know, uh, uh, Mike Tomlin was talking the other day about how last year against Baltimore they used three outside linebackers. Well, that's fine when your three outside linebackers are Bud Dupree, T.J. Watt, and Alex Highsmith. So, but now, if you don't have T.J. Watt, and of course if you don't have Joe Hayden, now you're really depleted on defense, so you're going to go three outside linebackers. You're talking Taco Charlton and Derek Tuska. Mm-hmm. Well, that ain't exactly the same type of trio. So I, I really think it's incumbent on them. And, you know, we if think back to um, uh, the Chargers game, I believe it was, where they, yes, where they had all the injury issues. And Mike Tomlin said a day or two later, you know, maybe we should have changed things up. Um, and tried a bunch of different looks. Well, I think that's about where they are. I think you're going to see a lot of different combinations, a lot of different looks, and uh, they need to they need to do something to get them out of this uh, two game defensive funk. No, absolutely. Did did they mention anything about Zach Banner? I know he said there was uh, illness he was, in practice. Yeah, yeah, he would. That, yeah, he didn't practice yesterday. Um, and you know, when you hear illness after a couple guys have gone on the COVID list, you you wonder if, if what that can be, uh, or what it could develop into. Hopefully not, of course. Um, but but beyond that, no. But I would expect that to be part of it for sure, because what I saw in practice yesterday with different guys being rotated in and out. Um, you know, they're, they're looking, they're searching. And that's what Matt Canada did talk about. You know, you're trying to find, you know, uh, what you're doing and who and hand who you're doing it with. And are those people able to do it? You know, guys who haven't played. Um, but beyond that, let's face it, offensively, that's the only place they can go. Uh, you know, they have no Eric Ebron. It looks like uh, Pat Fryermuth will play. Um, but what are you going to do? Move, uh, you know, try the running backs more uh, than, than they do with Najee Harris. We saw a little bit of that the other day, but they didn't run a lot of offensive plays, as you guys well know. Right. So, you know, it's not like they're running 77 plays like they did a couple weeks ago. Um, it's, you know, that's not the case. That wasn't the case this past week. So, 
you know, it's, it's just trying to figure it out. Um, you know, I, I guess the, 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 the thing you can do when you're the Steelers is you look what you did in the fourth quarter against uh, the Chargers, you know, both from a defensive standpoint. Max, you mentioned the block punt, then the big stop by Joe Schobert, the tap tip pass by Cam Hayward, the, the interception by uh, Cam Sutton that set up the offense to score 27 points. Um, you know, so you see situations like that where you say, okay, this can be done. The problem is it's just, you know, the vast majority of the play the last four games has not been impressive on both sides of the ball. You know, Jerry, one of the guys that hasn't been impressive as well but does has been able to keep on winning is Lamar Jackson. I mean, it threw four picks against the Browns. He's thrown seven right. over the last three games. He right. seems to be, you know, it's funny because, what, 2019 he was uh, like 113 or 14 in quarterback rating, and now he's down in the 80s, and he seems yeah. to be having problems uh, in his own play. I don't think there's any question about it, uh, Wolf, and, and it, it's been reflective of their offense. You know, they've scored only 42 points. Uh, in the last three games, look, they're eight and three. They have the best record in the AFC. But you go back and look, you could you could almost flip that record, and they could be three and eight. Now I realize they're not, and that's to their testament. Uh, that's what makes the Ravens so good. They are so darn resilient, most resilient team I think I've ever seen. But you know, comparing to some of those past Steeler teams, you know, that always found a way to win. That's the Ravens. That's what they do. But their offense has struggled, and and but when he needs it. He makes a big play down the field to Hollywood. Right. He makes a big play down the field to Mark Andrews, who makes these ridiculous uh, one-handed catches. Yeah. Um, and, 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 but that's what he does. But, yeah, Wolf, you are right. Um, he can look so poor at times. And then, he, you know, in those moments when they need him, it's, it's almost like, okay, we need you to play now, and he does. I know it doesn't work that way, but it's almost like a switch goes off with him internally. And um, you see mistake after mistake, and then bang, big play, big play, victory. Exactly so. Jerry, thank you so much, brother. Appreciate your input all the time. Great friend of the show. All right, boys, always good chatting with you, and I will see you at the ball yard on Sunday. I will see you today if you're going to be down on the south side. I'm coming down. So, All right, Jerry's brought to you by Chepka's Cafe, too, on the south side. Check out all the NFL action on one of their 20 TVs, indoor-outdoor patio available for parties. Grab a nice cold bucket of Coors Light. We'll be back more after this. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. All right, welcome back, everybody. Wolf, Starks, and the Ninjas in the locker room. Of course, ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Max, that's a nice uh, costume wardrobe change there, my friend. You know, you just come back. Oh, a lime green looking, looking better than 10 movie stars, my friend. You know, um, we got a new head coach <clears throat> that's going to be welcomed in this weekend down at Florida. So I've also got to tape a welcome message for Coach Billy Napier for the Florida Gators. All right. That's right. Go Coaching Gators. <laughs> go Gators. Go Gators. All right. Let's go to the phone because we got a neighbor of yours from down there in Sarasota, Florida. All right. Circus okay. George is coming to the locker room. George, how are you? Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. How are you? You can't believe how we're struggling with cold weather down here. <laughs> uh, <you won't. laughs> we how cold is it, George? 
we went down to the 50s. Oh, my heavens. Yeah. Is there panic down there, Georgia? People getting buying uh, toques and, and scarves and, no, and pulling we're just, on. Uh, putting on windbreakers, which usually you know are covered in dust for 10 months. <laughs> Put on a windbreaker for a couple hours so it gets up to 75 or 80, which is what it is now. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I I don't miss that bit, more right? earlier. Mr. Yeah, you got to know this because I do this to Tunch and Wolf every year. Call them up and whine about how cold it is here. So. <laughs> yeah, see, I, but I can appreciate because I'm in similar climate. So you know, so there you go. now we now now we just now we just gang up on Wolf, of course, until <laughs> I come there for the weekend, and then I'm yeah, miserable like Wolf for cold weather. <laughs> That's true. He's, he's like That's a snowmobile. It's built for cold weather. You know, all my Always people out. are Northeasterners, you know, from the Germanic hordes of, of uh, Europe <laughs> centuries yeah, I mean, ago. Minor checks. Minor checks. So, I mean, it's, it's right next door, right? Yeah, there you go. So, so what do you got, George? Well, I'm, I'm not worried. That's back to a tunchism. I'm concerned. Right. Concerned. Okay. I'm concerned. I mean, I, I, I was around. I was a Steeler fan in the 80s. You were playing for them at the time. Right. I remember the the one and nine start in, in 1988, and I'm I'm not convinced yet that this team has shown me enough that they can win another game. Not in, not in recent weeks, like you were saying earlier, Mr. Starks is. Uh, uh, what have you done for me lately? What did you do on your tape in the last game? And I'm not seeing improvement by the line or in tackling, so I don't know what to think anymore. But but that's not going to make me not be a fan. I stand by them. Doesn't matter what scorn I get, and right. part B to my thing here is I hear my share of people. Oh, they got to get rid of Ben, and I hearken back again to after Bradshaw left. Do you remember how it was? Yes. How we wished we had a franchise quarterback, and we wished we had Terry Bradshaw throwing a pick instead of Mark Malone throwing three picks. You know, so I will listen to your synopsis here, your rebuttal, or however you want to put it. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead, Max. Well, well, I, I think the biggest thing, you know, George, you're right. I mean, we haven't seen anything that would give us hope that they can stem this tide, that they can change the current direction, right? They can't correct course. But, you know, I look at it, the problem, you know, that we always face with, with the sport of football is the games only come once a week. You know, it's not like basketball, yep. not like hockey, where it's like two days off and boom, we're back on the quarter, we're back on the ice, and we can go prove ourselves it's like no, you got to wait on average six days before in between proving days, and you know it's just hearing what is going on in practice yesterday, hearing the reports um, about the mindset, about the the conversation, the words that have come out of that locker room, gives me encouragement. Wolf's going to go down there today. He's going to get to see it with his own eyes to see if hey, there's a different tempo, there's a different cadence out there. So I mean. We have to rely on what we're hearing because, you know, just like you said, that one and nine start, you could turn it around. Same thing could happen. You know, you can go on a three-game losing streak. Heck, we did it. We did it in 06. We did it two times. And, yes, we missed the playoffs, but we went nine and seven that year. And, you know, I look at it this year. I'm like, nine and eight will probably get you in the playoffs. <laughs> um, so, I, I think yeah, that – It could. It depends it, on who we lose yeah, to and who we win against. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, I think and – with, and with what the schedule is in these back six games – the only one that's non-AFC is going to be Minnesota, and that's that short week turnaround um, going there to Minneapolis. So you have an opportunity, like you said, to beat to beat, you know, the Ravens one out of two times at least. You know, you have another shot. I'd like to say I feel confident about it. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, hey, we're we're in the land of optimism because we are not close to game day yet. So we can dwell. We can dwell on oh, hypotheticals. Um, and then you still have Tennessee. Yep. Um, so there are some opportunities there, along with the second Cleveland game. So there are opportunities yep. there, and Kansas City. So I mean, so there's opportunities there where if they can catch that lightning in a bottle, or they can, you know, look themselves in the mirror and say, you know what, we're we're, we're not going to win games pretty we're not gonna we're not gonna have what cincinnati had on us we're not gonna have a 41 point you know uh out, output and then the defense is gonna hold them to 10 it's not gonna be that but we can right. we can get into dog fights and we can make it ugly and we can win a tight game um if, mm-hmm. if, if we all put our effort together so i mean there's opportunity there so <clears throat> like you said i'm concerned as well i'm not panicked i said it on monday the sky is not falling the ceiling's just gotten lower you know what I'm saying? Like it's just that's where that's the world we're in right now, and right. but the guys are showing us the little incremental progresses that you want to see a team respond as a pro team to something that happened on Sunday uh, to that degree. They're responding in kind thus far, so I'm gonna believe it until 4:26 p.m. after kick and the first snap mm-hmm. is played, <laughs> and then we'll know whether they learned something or not. Great. Hey, guys, great hearing from you. Take care. Thank right, you, brother. Thanks, Appreciate it. Circus George, of course, of the great Walenda family. You know, he was he a was circus performer. You know, I've seen pictures of him on, uh, you know, one of those those unicycles, right? Oh, yeah. Like 20 foot tall. He'd be up there riding on it. It was crazy. Oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's nuts. But uh, anyhow, he's cool. always a welcome addition to the locker room crew. And here here's another one. We got CR and Juan. All right. Welcome to the locker room, CR and Juan. Good morning, guys. Y'all still in Chicago? Hello, hey. Juan. <laughs> Juan, I don't know where he's at. He's out there somewhere. Hey, he's out there. Uh, what do you got, CR? Okay. We can't wait for Juan. I know. I'm not going to wait for Juan. Uh, first of all, I want to um, give you an update what's going on. Four calls yesterday, 14 calls this week, two, 201 calls this season. Shout out to Ed Cleveland and, and De- Devin of Denver. Um Hey, guys, Juan wanted to talk about um, who, who was the better coach uh, between Mike Tomlin and Jay Harbaugh. Harbaugh. Um, well, uh, John Harbaugh. There's a lot of similarities. Do you guys have any cop- specific comments? Well, you played well, for him, Max. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, I, I think both John Harbaugh and um, both, uh, both Mike T are two coaches that you look at them. They're, 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 they're long-tenured at their respective teams. So they they played a lot of ball head to head against each other. Um, they're well respected coaches, um, two coaches that that can appreciate the defensive side of the ball, and and you know for years have have, have had great defenses. Um, I think they have a very similar approach. I think this is two very similar head coaches in their dogged determination, but also having the locker room right guys um, that will follow them. They will lead from the front. They're not afraid of criticism. They're not, a, and they're not afraid to criticize when when it's necessary. But they're also guys who don't beat their guys up. Um, you know, he, they both have a bit great understanding of the history and tradition that each of these organizations have, and they also have a respect for that past. But they also are very excellent coaches. So I mean, they're very, when you talk about it, I can't say one is better than the other. I feel like they're both on the same plateau. They're both sitting. At in high regard, one of the few sets of coaches within any division um, 
that actually have that much history between them. Because you can look at Bill Belichick, look at the rest of the coaches in, in the AFC East. They, 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 they're turnstiles there. You look at the AFC South, there's not a lot of comparisons there. So, you know, AFC West, same deal. So I think, you know, when you look at that, that's something that's very rare to have two coaches have 10 plus years each and be in the same division, meaning that they, they beat up on each other pretty equally that neither one of them has been bad enough that they've been fired. Whereas everybody else yeah. in the state of Ohio has been turned around, <laughs> you know, even though Marvin <laughs> Lewis did not win, stayed there a long time, you know, but he was just like, Hey, I'm comfortable in Cincy. Since he doesn't want to win, I'm cool with that. I'm just going to coach. Um, but I think that, that, that speaks a testament to just both of these organizations and the coaching prowess of both of them. Hey, I, I appreciate that input, man. I, I think John is a little bit more dangerous than than, uh, than uh, Tom. And J- John, he beats up his brother in the Super Bowl. So, I mean, what can you say? <laughs> yeah, I mean, but, that you know, hey, listen, that, that, that goes back to backyard brawls. There, there, there's some things in there that we don't know that happened in the early single it's family, years bud. between those two. It's fam. <laughs> So, so yeah, yeah, he's dangerous on that one. But, hey, listen, when it comes mano y mano, I think they stand pretty pretty toe-to-toe. Yeah. My Mike T brings his brother along. You what know is what this? This is like uh, 30 times they've competed against each other, right? I mean, yeah. that's that's pretty crazy. That's, that is crazy. It's wild. Yeah. Anything else, that's Sierra? Awesome. I want to throw in there real quick. I um I went back and I checked out uh, so, some information that we, we talked about earlier. Uh, Max, you did say a couple of weeks ago, maybe longer, about being a person that understands the inner workings of automobiles. And uh, yeah. you even made a comment. You said uh, it sounds like an eight cylinder is running on six cylinders. So you, you do have some insight. Uh, real quick, there we go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> real quick, uh, a lot of people are talking about uh, uh, Ron, what Ryan Clark was just spouting off. But uh, nobody is really dealing with the issue, the specific uh, comment that he made that nobody – uh, that they want to make videos, uh, do TikTok dances in the locker room and all that stuff. And as a result of the, the new mindset, nobody's scared to play this team. And I think what he said is accurate. And I got some other uh, information about, you know, the previous Steelers' defenses. It's a whole different mindset, a whole different mentality. Uh, you guys, uh, what do you got to say about that? I'll say this. Cam Hayward is still Cam Hayward. All yeah. right? And he's not a TikTok aficionado. And he sets the pace. Look, there's a new generation of young guys coming up, and some of them have not been, uh, you know, have not g- gotten the full Steeler tradition or tradition of uh, what what's expected of them yet. That's that's something that it's the indoctrination that comes through a few years in the locker room. So, look, you know, I, I respect Ryan. I respect his views. Uh, same thing for Rock and everything else. Um, I just don't agree with everything that they've said, but uh, that's part of it. So we got to roll. Okay, CR? Yeah, All right, thanks, man. CR. Oh, hey, appreciate you guys talking. Uh, uh, you be careful with the snakes and the squirrels and all that kind of stuff out west. All right. We got to go, buddy. <laughs> Let's go. Here we go, Steelers. Here we go. All right. Max, we go. Max, have a safe trip today, buddy. We got to get out of here. All right? Hard all right, break. Sounds good. Sounds right, good. See we'll see you, see you tomorrow. I'll see you tomorrow.